Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 47. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. And this show, I have to say, is one of my most favorite because I love this topic. We are going to be talking today about how to help your homes sell in the fastest time and for the most money using principles of feng shui. I'm so excited to introduce my guest to you today. I came across her from a real estate investor friend of mine who used her services when this friend of mine's house was not selling. It was in a beautiful town um, called Yorba Linda, California, very nice city in Orange County, upscale. She had renovated it to perfection. It was the summertime. She expected it to sell right away and it wasn't selling. So she called upon the services of Dr. Janet Woods, who is now um, a friend of mine and I use her services. And Janet solved the problem right away and the house sold the next weekend at a great price. So that's how I heard about Dr. Janet Woods. And with that, I was so excited to use her services in my own business and learn more from her, which I did right away. So with that little introduction, welcome to the show, Dr. Janet Woods. Oh, Holly, thank you so much for having me on. I'm always excited to share all the information I have available, and um, I love your show. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, will you please give our listeners a little more background on you and what your credentials and training is, as well as what is feng shui? Because I know many people in other parts of the country may not have ever heard of it or know what it is. Okay. Well, originally I was in the corporate world. I worked for Xerox for about 15 years, and that's how I discovered feng shui. Um, I was watching 60 Minutes, and Larry Ellison from Oracle was um, explaining to the correspondent how he had hired a feng shui person, and the profits had tripled in the business. What? Oh my gosh! Tripled? Yeah. Yes, it tripled. And I was like, Oh no, I want to. I want to do that. And that was like in the early 90s. And so um, I started studying feng shui and left, my, left the corporate world and just started supporting people in understanding how to use their environment to get what they want out of life. And so feng shui is one thing that I do. Um, I am a doctor of Asian metaphysics. And so my practice has been, oh my gosh, probably 18 years. During that time, I have helped everyone from housewives to corporate CEOs to people that have yachts and just all over the place. I love my work and I can tell you that most people like yourself, when we work together, magical things happen. I love it. So why don't you give us a little bit more insight on what is feng shui? And where, what country is it from? Is it from a specific country? Well, actually, um, feng shui is called the art of placement. And the most important thing you need to know about feng shui is that it originated actually in China, but most Asian communities have their own form of feng shui. 
Um, and in the corporate world, we don't call it feng shui, we call it space planning. Oh, okay. Yes, and so you'll notice um, after I talk today for your listeners, you'll start to notice things that have already been happening maybe in your workspace if you're an employee. Um, and also, if you're at home, you'll start to notice things that you may do naturally. But feng shui is how to create an environment that nurtures, motivates, and inspires a person into action. Mm. And using these tools allow you to have a better life. Sounds good. And it's the thing that surprised me about it is it's relatively simple, wouldn't you say? It's not like you're telling someone, you should tear down that wing of your house and rebuild that side of your house to have another story on it. It's nothing like that. It's placing objects and working with color and the flow of energy, right, through a house. Yes. It seems simple, yet it can be sophisticated. Um, what I love about it is that we use natural law or the energy of earth to create what it is that you want in the environment. When it comes to selling someone's home, people, when they walk into a home that's being sold, they want to feel like it's already theirs. Mm. And so when I'm working with professionals such as yourself, I'm not really looking at the decor as I'm looking at the energy and how the buyer feels. Because if the buyer walks in and feels really good, they're going to buy. Yes. And whether people admit it and know it or not, we buy based on emotions and feelings. They can go look at a house and go, I know this house is well-priced. It's a great value. It's in a great neighborhood. But if they walk in and they don't have a good feeling, they'll say, oh, it's not the right house for me. And they can't even necessarily pinpoint why. Oh, and I want to tell my listeners too, our other quick story of the home that you helped me with in San Clemente just a couple of months ago. So listeners, if you don't know, I'm also what I call a retail realtor. And Dr. Janet came right at the beginning of, uh, right before an open house of mine in a home. And she changed, it felt like a lot. She changed some furniture placement. And she noticed, as I had failed to notice, lots of personal photos that she put away and just did, I mean, you did a lot in about, what, 20 or 30 minutes? And the first people that came to that open house fell in love with it and bought it. And that home had been on the market for five months with another realtor before I came in and took over. And it was so exciting. It was so great. And that's another testament to the magic that you work. <laughs> I love the work that I do. And also when I'm working with realtors, um, I noticed that they hire professional stagers to stage their, stage their homes that they have on the market. And what happens is the professional stager is looking at it from a decor standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, they're decorating as if somebody actually lives there. And people can't feel like they can buy the house if they think someone else lives there. That's true. And that's another feeling that they not may not necessarily be able to put into words, but it just doesn't feel welcoming to them or like it's theirs. I definitely yeah. agree with yeah. that. Well, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with pr feng shui principles or should we just dive right into? Let's dive right in. So okay. Your listeners as much information as possible. I love it. Well, Dr. Janet has prepared a beautiful download for you. That's many pages, like I think five pages with all kinds of details and examples and photos. So you definitely have to go 
download that one um, as soon as you're done listening to the show. And I'll tell you where to get that here um, at the end of the show. But let's start with um, how you're saying that we want to see the home through the buyer's eyes. So as a real estate investor, and we're selling a home, we want to make it the most appealing to the buyer and with the least amount of money and effort. So let's talk about curb appeal, which is the first thing people see when they pull up to the house. How do we get that great curb appeal? Well, one of the things that we need to understand about curb appeal is not only is it the first impression, but it also makes people, how would you describe it? When someone is looking at a space, they need to feel safe. And so the most important thing you need to know about curb appeal is that you want to draw them to the front door. And so some of my recommendations for curb appeal is that you also plant some flowers and the flowers need to be in either purple, white, or red. You also- what? Wait, 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 why those colors? Does it really matter? Cause I'm a big fan of pink. <laughs> well, here's what you need to know. We are driven by our brain. And there is a part of our brain that always wants to feel safe. And so the color purple, white, and red are really good because purple is all about royalty. When we hear mm. purple, we automatically think expensive. White is about purity. And then red is pay attention to me. Mm, I love it. Now maybe I know why my favorite color is purple. Expensive <laughs> things. Oops. <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> It's the color of royalty. Mm. You also want to make sure you have a welcome mat. I've noticed that sometimes people forget that. They clean off the, the porch and everything else, and they forget to put the mat back. Yes. Um, yes. You want to remove anything that is dead or unattractive. I mean, this is common sense, but sometimes, you know, we forget that. Um, you want to remove any personal items like you have like a banner or a little sign that's particular for you. You also want to keep this area as clean as possible because that is the first impression. I notice sometimes when I'm working with investors and realtors, um, sometimes there'll be like little pieces of paper that have been left or dropped off and you Fires. don't it because you see it, but a person that sees that tells them that nobody's been at the property. Oh, very important. I have one of those signs by my front door that says the McCann. So when I go to sell my house eventually, I guess I'll have to take that down. Like that didn't even occur to me. And when you say remove dead things, I think um, I've had clients before that have um, dried flowers, also, you know, dead flowers around. Those are probably not good anywhere inside or outside the house, right? No, they're not. The thing okay. you need to know about dried flowers is that as they dry, they suck the energy out of us. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yes, because they're trying to stay alive. So they're sucking all of the natural energy that's already flowing. That is so interesting because as a side note, my daughter who's in college has this roommate that loves dried flowers and she's got all these flowers laying around that are dying and it drives my daughter nuts and probably my daughter who's really sensitive can feel that and doesn't yeah. like that so there and some people are more sensitive to all of these things than others and we need to play to the most sensitive people yes. so just because one person thinks it's fine doesn't mean the sensitive people will agree to that and then you also have a note on here place plants on either side of the door and you've got a great picture of that um, and it looks great. Like we know when we see 
something that looks good and something that doesn't look good, the one that looks good, your eyes, yeah, I like that one, but we don't necessarily know why. Any particular reason for that with the plants? Well, we as humans um, love to do things in pairs. Ah. And so when you're walking to a front door, if you put two plants, a plant on either side, we call it the sentinel effect, which is oh. not only protecting the house, but also drawing people to the front door. And plus, because it's two of them, they feel more comfortable. Awesome. Love that. All right. Well, are we ready to move to the inside of the house? Should we go on to the living room and the great room? Absolutely. Okay. What are important principles when we're staging a living room? Here's something that a lot of people don't realize, um, is that you need to clear all unnecessary items in the house. So you want to get rid of any heavy furniture. You want to get rid of personal items like all of your family photos, anything that you have an affinity for, you may want to take it down because, you know, you have somebody that's coming into your house that may not have your taste. And you would hate to think that if you don't match their taste, they're not going to buy. Mm -hmm. You also want to keep what we call decorative items together. So when I'm doing the placement, I either do one, three, or five items together, and no more than that. The whole idea is a sparse house helps the buyer mentally move their own things into the space. I love that. So, and I remember something in my client's house in San Clemente is she had a little grouping of furniture that was functionally very appropriate. So she had a sofa on one side and two chairs opposite it that in decorator design principles, you think, oh, it's a perfect little conversation area. And you pulled out the two extra chairs and moved them to a bedroom. And why don't you address why you did that? There are five things that you want to have in the living room. You want to have a love seat, not necessarily a full-size sofa, or you can also do just four chairs grouped together. No chairs and sofa, one or the other. Mm. You also want to have two small lamps, not oversized, glass coffee table, because that floats in the room and it makes the space feel larger. If you're going to add a mirror to the space, you want to make it round. Mm. Round is a symbol of inclusion. And if you're going to have like any large plants in that area, I usually recommend if you want to have a plant that anchors the space, that you have make it from silk, but also either silk or palm tree because the leaves are very open and welcoming. The whole idea when someone walks into the living room is they need to feel their energy in it. And if you have too much furniture in it, they're not going to feel that. Mm, very well said. And at my, one of my recent listings I'm thinking about, it felt like there wasn't enough furniture in the room for me. Like I thought, oh, it almost feels too big and open. But I got to tell you, during the open house, when I often had 15 people at a time in the house, it was great to have an extra open space for people 
to walk around and they visualize, oh, well, we put this here and that there. I love when they start moving in mentally. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really important too, if you're going to have people walking through it to not feel like they're tripping over furniture and walking through a little path. Definitely. Yes. You want them, you want them to feel like there is a lot of square footage. And so you do that by having the space open. Another thing that I recommend is that you remove if it's not wall-to-wall carpeting, that you either remove all of the rugs or just have one rug underneath the coffee table. Oh, and, and why is that? Is that also for space, making it feel larger once again? It makes it feel larger. Uh, most people, they're so used to having rugs on the floor that they don't realize that rugs cut down on your square footage. Mm, yeah, definitely it gives it a feeling of, of looking smaller. And most of the time we're trying to make spaces look larger, not smaller. Yes. So that's important. And when you say a silk tree, I assume you mean silk as opposed to plastic, right? Yes. Yeah. So plastic, not so good, right? <laughs> but I can tell you that um, most um, people right now, when you're going to go purchase something like that, a majority of them are silk because consumers demand it. They want it to look real. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I think it's better to have no tree than a cheap plastic junkie tree because I've seen both and I thought it would just look better without it. (laughs) If you can't afford quality, just don't do it because it will, I think it will hurt you more than help you. Um, Do you have anything else? Oh, you have, you say use black TV trays with lamps. Um, Any particular reason for the black? Um, for real estate investors, um, especially people that are on a budget, I usually recommend that they go to like um, Home Depot, Ikea, um, Bed Bath & Beyond, and purchase some black folding trays that are usually used to watch television because you can use those all the time in your staging. They're inexpensive and they blend right into what it is that you want to create. So that's budget wise. That works really well. I love that. So you would use those as end tables then type thing. Okay. As end tables, you can also use them to display your flyers. Oh, okay. And I bet they store really easily. I remember I haven't used a TV tray since the seventies. Yes, I was alive then, but my my parents had TV trays. That was kind of a big thing. I think in the seventies, they pop up in front of it. You want to make sure that they're black because black is also the color of sophistication. Oh yeah. It probably looks richer and more expensive than other colors too. Great. Well, shall we move on to the dining area? Yes, of course. All right. Tell us about the dining area. What are the important principles there? Well, you want to remember that the dining area is a place where people go for nourishment. And so you want to make sure that it's inviting, but you also want to make sure that people see themselves there. And so based on the square footage of the house, you want to have either two chairs or four chairs. No more than that. If you are working with a house that's over 3,000 square feet, it's six chairs. Okay. Majority of the time, I like to use four chairs. You want to have a small table, not a large table, because you want the space to look large. And you want to set the table as if they're going to eat there. 
Another thing you can also have in the room is what we call a buffet or a place where you store dishes because most people have that. But you want to make sure that it feels light and airy. Another trick that we do in feng shui is we pull the chairs out from the table just enough for people to think they can sit down. Yeah, and, that, and you have a great photo of that showing that it looks very inviting yes. as opposed to when they're all closed off. And you want them, you want them to move in in their mind. You want them to sit down and see how it feels. So if the chairs open, and I've seen that done with bar stools too, where the bar stools are angled just enough where it looks like you could just go and sit right in it. And, and yeah. it just looks much more inviting than when they're pushed up and closed tightly against the bar. Same thing, huh? Absolutely. Okay. Um, we haven't really talked about colors. I don't know if we're going to talk about colors. And usually an investor paints their whole house the same color. But I mean, it might be kind of interesting too for people at their own houses. Is there a particular color that is good for the dining room or is bad for the dining room? You know, it's interesting. Um, one of the things that we do in feng shui is we use <laughs> we use the color of skin hmm. because people are walking into your home or the house that you're selling and the color of skin, we all come in different shades, but usually anything that resembles like a pink hue is really key. So if you can get like an off-white or even a gray that has a pink hue to it, those are the colors that I usually recommend. Okay, so not necessarily, don't paint your dining room red. I would not recommend that because red is one of those colors that says pay attention to me and get out and stop. Oh, okay. And I think, I'm trying to remember what colors I've heard about this that fast food uses. I yeah. think they, they'll use red because they want you to get out fast, right? <laughs> and they use the color yellow, which is very alarming. And oh. so red and yellow combined means that you're not going to stay in that space for very long. Okay. That's really interesting too. I keep bringing on my personal experiences. When I was showing a client homes last week, this one home was perfect in every way, except that it was yellow. And I said, I think your problem with it is that it's painted yellow, right? And he goes, I didn't realize that, but I think it is. Yeah. And he's moving forward with it, even though that's not his favorite color. It's a rental, so we can't paint it. But yeah, it, it really was a block to him to be able to say, yes, that's the right house, because it was right in every other way. Yes. Color is very powerful. Yeah. It is. It is. The, one, the only time that I really recommend yellow in a space is in the kitchen. Mm, and why is that? But not painted. We usually recommend in feng shui that you have something yellow in the kitchen, because yellow is, for a lot of people, very nurturing. Mm. So I usually recommend that you have like a yellow plate or a yellow bowl, but it draws the eye into the kitchen. But a yellow lemons. <laughs> yellow, yellow lemons, anything like that. Usually just one item. Hmm. Okay. Well, since you started talking about the kitchen, let's move on to the kitchen unless you have more to say about the dining room. No, I, I think the kitchen is one of my favorite places because um, most people know that the things that sell houses are kitchens and what? Well, I think it's the bathroom, the, the master bedroom and master suite, I'll say. Yes, the master suite and the kitchen. And the kitchen is where people congregate. It's where they eat food. And we're most happiest in the kitchen. 
And the Chinese believe that in order for you to have a good life, you have to eat good food. And so it starts in the kitchen. Oh, love that. Well, tell us what we need in our kitchens. As least amount of anything as possible. You want to clear all unnecessary items off of the countertop. If it hasn't been used in three months, you need to put it away. You also want to clear the front of the refrigerator of anything such as magnets, anything, pictures, whatever. It needs to be totally clear. And this is just a reminder, just like we did in the living room, a sparse kitchen helps the buyer mentally move their own things in. And so there are four things that I recommend in the kitchen. One is that you have a plant. It can be silk or real. You also want to display a plate on a plate stand. What I have found is when you do that, people, for some reason, they just feel drawn to it or they feel comfortable. Another thing I recommend are cookbooks because people need to see themselves cooking. Please don't put a library there. Just one that will be fine. And then also a bowl of fruit, which could also be the yellow lemons. Um, It doesn't necessarily need to be real fruit. I would recommend that you get something, as much as I hate to say plastic, but I would say artificial but real looking because um, we don't want to invite any type of little tiny flies uh, to come and visit the fruit. (laughs) Yes, which we have plenty of in Southern California, at least by the beach where I live. I get those flies on the fruit certain times a year. Yes. For the cookbook, does it matter whether it's displayed on a stand or not? Um, It doesn't doesn't matter. matter. Okay. The person will notice that it's a cookbook and it will help their immune system relax so that they can feel comfortable. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, in my staging of my homes, I usually do open it up, open the cookbook, put it on a um, like a little easel or a cookbook stand and do that. So I'm glad I've got one thing I'm doing right. <laughs> so awesome. So that's our kitchen. And the plant can just be, it, it shouldn't necessarily be a floor plant, right? It should be like a little countertop plant of some kind. Yes. And probably not a cactus, right? No, no cactus. They're prickly. I don't like cactuses. No, no. Cactuses <laughs> say get out. Right. If you're going to work with cactuses, we usually recommend that you have them outside on the patio in the back of the house. Okay. For protection. Yeah, I mean, if if you're not familiar with plants, I think there's one called pathos with bright, shiny green leaves, and they can go for a couple of weeks, I think, without watering, depending on where you live. And I have those in my own kitchen, and they're great for staging if you're not there all the time, and they're really affordable, probably five bucks at Home Depot. So that's oh, a yeah. good thing. Another plant that we usually recommend, which has become very popular, are succulents. Mm. Um, because they don't require a lot of care and people are starting to notice that they've become like a favorite decorating tool for a lot of designers. Another thing you might want to look at in feng shui, we look for plants that have coin-shaped leaves. Oh, and why is that? All about the, the look and feel of attracting money. Oh, I love it. Right, buyer. And so it's coin-shaped leaves and the pathos that you recommended, those are very similar to coin shapes. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to the bedroom. What is important in the bedroom? The bedroom, you want to make sure that you have small furniture in this area. So if you have a king-size bed, you want to take it out and put in a queen-size bed. 
This gives the feel of more square footage. Of course, you also need to remove any personal items that you have. And also, you want to take any type of art that is too decorative out of the bedroom. So give, give me an example of that. What's... Um... Should we have pictures of people or not? Here's what I recommend. You want people to see themselves in the bedroom. So if you have pictures or, or paintings of people, they can't see themselves. So I usually recommend the type of art that doesn't necessarily have people in them, like waterscape or uh, gardens. Um, even abstract would be better. Um, but don't have more than one picture and don't have more than one mirror. Hmm. And does it matter where the mirror goes in a bedroom? Do you want it over the bed or do you want it no, hmm, across from the bed? <laughs> you want to have it off to the side of the bed. Okay. And you want to take a look at what the mirror is reflecting because whatever the mirror is reflecting will double. And so usually what I try and do is have the mirror reflect from whatever is outside. So if you have a beautiful gardenscape, then it's gonna show up in the mirror. It'll double that energy for you in that space. But when you're making the bed, you wanna make sure that you have beautiful linen. You wanna have four, four pillows. Um, also, closets sell houses. And so when people open the closets, um, if, you, if they've moved out or if you're just staging it and nobody lives there, you want to have a few hangers in the closet and mm. some decorative boxes on the shelf. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't leave that blank because people want to be able to see themselves in it. That is a good idea. And, and make sure, I mean, this is a construction item, but I catch my contractors failing at this. Sometimes my contractors don't put a shelf and pole in there, especially if it's a heavy renovation and, and it's a new closet or something. I'm like, guys, I mean, I know they're not looking in there, but if there's no shelf and pole, people notice that and it's so inexpensive. Just finish it. Make sure that it's finished because I've had to go in and, and catch my guys that haven't done that. Because buyers would go, what? There's nowhere to hang my clothes. Even though they know mentally it's going to get taken, taken care of. It's one more thing on the list of pros versus cons. And it's, you just don't want to give them reasons not to buy it. No. They have to yeah. see themselves in it. And that means they need to have a shelf. Yes. Shelf and places to hang their clothes. Also, uh, bedroom tables. Yes. Seven a lot. You want to make sure that if you have nightstands, that they are the same size and they match. A lot oh. of designers have been doing this, this new trend and it is keeping the houses from selling where they'll have a big, beautiful nightstand on the side that the man sleeps and they'll have this little round itty bitty table where the woman sleeps. Hmm. Not cool. It doesn't feel balanced, does it? So that's another time where a buyer would walk in and go, doesn't feel right and they can't necessarily say why but they know it doesn't feel right right yeah and you're also eliminating your your women buyers mm. because okay. they're like oh this isn't they mentally they they don't see it but subconsciously they're like oh this isn't for me okay well and then from there as we talked about it's the master suite that sells the house let's move into the master bath but that's probably the same principles and in all bathrooms, right? Absolutely. What do you want to do is have white towels, 
Also, you can add some seashells, a container of, this is one of my favorite things that we do. We soap or dove soap and we unwrap them and put them in a container. Now, what do you mean by container? Like a glass jar or a basket or what? A glass jar or a basket. Okay. Here's what happens. The soap also scents the bathroom. Mm. You have an ongoing smell in the bathroom that is pleasant. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You want to remove any rugs that are on the floor in the bathroom. Really? So the bath mat, the shower mat, whatever, you want it just removed. Okay. So, yeah, if you're... if it's an investment house, clearly this is easy and not a big deal. But if it's your own house and you're living in it, you use your bath mat and then you hide it away, maybe in your closet or something, right? You either hide it in the closet or you put it underneath the sink. Okay. That's also, a good little place. Yeah. Also, if your people are living in the home, you want to give them a box that they can put all of their personal items so that when you're having an open house, they put it in the box and they put it underneath the cabinet. And so all they have to do after the open house is to come home, open it and put their stuff back out. Counters, everything off as much as possible. So you're not leaving out, I mean, this goes without saying, especially in investor property, this stuff doesn't exist, but if it's not an investor property, the hairspray, the lotions, the... All, all the little things that we use to make ourselves pretty all the time, yeah. they, they have to go. Yeah. And we always recommend that you use towels that are color coordinated, but the most popular and best colors in the bathroom are like a cream, a white, or very light, light, light gray. Yeah, that feels more spa-like, definitely. And more towels, the better. I mean, if, if it's an investor house, you make sure that they're brand new. You can tell a difference between new towels and used towels for sure. Yes. So an investor, of course, they're going to be using new towels. Sometimes people use my towels in staging and I have to turn them into rags or throw them away or something. So yeah, don't have anything with marks or dirt or anything that looks used. That is very unappealing. With the realtors that I work with, I ask them to invest in two sets of white towels so that they can come in and change the towels out when they are there during the open house. What a brilliant idea. I may have to keep that in mind. (laughs) Okay, so I think we've pretty much concluded the bathroom and, and the bedroom, so that leaves us with the office, how do you stage an office? Now, investors probably aren't usually going to have an office per se, but I actually do in one of my homes right now. I have set one of the bedrooms up as an office, so it does apply sometimes. So lay it on us. How do we make an office look appealing? Well, you want to keep the office minimalistic. So you want to have a very small desk with a chair. On the desk, just a few desk accessories like, you know, pencil holder, um, maybe even a magazine or a book there. And then you can have like a file cabinet or a bookcase, but that's it. And the reason you want to do that is you want people to realize that they can have a home office because their belief is that if you can have a home office, then the house must be big. Oh, I like that. So that it's, you're saying it's actually advantageous to create an office 
yeah. area in a house, even if you are an investor and you're, you're thinking, oh, I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. So let's say, for instance, you have a, um, a two one, which is a two bedroom, one bathroom. So you stage one of the bedrooms as a bedroom, and then you stage the second one as an office. Love that idea. Excellent. So if it's someone that's living in the house, obviously their office is going to be a place where they work and they've just got to do their best to hide as much of the work and put things away, maybe have boxes that they can move and hide things for showings. Yes. So that people can, potential buyers can visualize themselves in it. So, yeah, when oh. I'm working with homeowners, I usually ask them, um, we go through and we eliminate things that they don't use on an everyday basis. And then we also would rent a storage space and put all the things that they don't use all the time in that space. So the office will look as if somebody works there, but it doesn't look like it's a, it's a business. You don't want right. to that. Right. It doesn't look like the tornado that sometimes my office and my husband's office looks like, where it looks like a tornado came through and the papers landed everywhere. Not a good look. Yeah. Well, what are some other, and something I noticed you didn't mention on this handout, but I think is very key, and many men don't do this by habit. They don't put the toilet lids down. Would you say that's important or not important when you're showing a home? It's important. Two things. I usually recommend that you keep the toilet seat down, and I usually recommend that you put away the toilet paper. Oh, and you said toilet seat, but I also mean toilet lid. We want to, I mean, that is a feng shui principle, is it not, that you want to keep your toilet lids down all the time? Yes, you want to keep your toilet lids down, and there's a lot of mythology wrapped around that in feng shui. You'll hear feng shui people say, keep the lid down so you keep the money in the house. Yeah. That's so if you want your money, put your lids down, guys. <laughs> well, here's, here's the real reason. Your toilet and septic area is attached to everybody else's in the neighborhood, correct? Yep. So keep the lid down. <laughs> okay, okay. And um, what are your other final tips here that we've got on the handout? You talked about the storage unit. Yes. What else do you have in there? Well, here's what happens. You know, as a realtor or as an investor, you have other people that are going to be coming to show your house. So here's some things that you want to do during the day. You want to leave certain lights on during the day so that it highlights special features in the house. You also want to make sure that one of the things that I do is even though, you know, you're showing the house, I still turn lights on so that people can feel the energy of the light itself. And also I would keep music on because people are influenced by music. And if you're gonna do that, um, no, no like Metallica or anything else, like <laughs> but it would either be um, some type of jazz or classical. Classical music is known to clear the energy of a space. And so that means if the house is constantly being shown, the people that have been there before, that energy has been cleared out so that new people coming in can feel like it could be theirs. Wow, I never knew that. When I walk into open houses, I mean, I've walked into some very fancy, expensive, multi-million dollar houses before, and there's classical music playing, it just makes it feel all the, 
I mean, I use the word fancy. It just feels expensive and rich because I think, oh, that's the music rich people listen to, too. You know, it's, oh, it's classical. and Oh, we're so proper and fancy. But it feels good. It really does feel good. So good tip for you. Maybe you want to play classical music in your own homes, listeners. <laughs> good energy. Sure that you're touching all of the senses because, you know, people walking in, they're influenced by color. They're influenced by space. Um, they're also influenced by texture. So you'll notice that they may touch the sofa, they may touch the linens, and you want them to be able to do that. They're going to touch the granite. And so you want to make sure that you've touched all of the senses and music does that in a very deep way. Love it. And some people are definitely more auditorily influenced. I'm one of those people. I'm an auditory person. I'm unusual. Most people are visual. But yeah, you've got to play to all the senses. And I think it goes without saying that the house needs to stay clean. So when they go to touch the granite countertop, they don't go, oh, it's dusty. Because what a turnoff if they're going to be getting dirty from touching things. So keep it clean, keep the lights on, keep the music playing nicely. And yeah, and and you're going to have your best tips. Now, these are all awesome. And it's a great overview. But, you know, sometimes people still need more help. So if somebody would like to get some help from you, uh, if they have a home that's not selling, or if they just want to be proactive to get the the highest price and the most demand on a house, how could someone reach out for some help from you? Well, there are two ways in which they can do it. I'm a firm believer in DIY, and I'm also a firm believer in education. And so for people that want to do it themselves, um, they can visit theartoflifeinstitute.com, and we teach classes to investors and homeowners on how they can stage their own space and learn more about feng shui and how it influences them. Awesome. You can also visit my personal website, which is janetwoods.com, and you can contact me through there. Every week we have a new blog post and new tips, and, you know, I love what I do, but the thing that I love the most is helping people get what they want out of life. I love it. And listeners, just know that she can help you not only in selling investment properties, but as she mentioned with her story from how she learned about feng shui, is she can help you improve your own personal space to improve your productivity and profitability. So, you know, it's, it starts in your own personal space as well. And I would definitely recommend, I mean, I work with Janet and have for several years, very happy about that. And she can help you no matter where you are. You don't have to live in the Southern California area where her office is. She can help you via Skype and phone and with her education products as well. So definitely take advantage of it. It's, it's fantastic and can't recommend her highly enough. And Janet, thank you so very much for sharing all of this. Lots of great new information. And I would say this is the tip of the iceberg. Wouldn't you agree? As far as I would, I would. So this is a great, like, beginning, really basic set of information, but there is so much more. So don't go through this checklist, listeners, and think, well, I did all the things that Dr. Janet put on this checklist, and my house still isn't selling because there's much more. And she can't obviously teach us that in 30 minutes, but it's taken her, I don't know, 
maybe many years, would you say, to learn what you've learned and you're always learning and improving your techniques and strategies too? Well, the most important thing that people need to remember, if they're using the checklist, that's good. But the most important thing is when you've gone through the checklist, go outside and walk through as if you're the buyer and see it through their eyes. Yeah, and even better yet, get someone else to walk through and have them say, what, say, how does it feel? What feels good and what feels bad and what do you not like? And say, hey, be honest. You know, don't say, I'm not looking for compliments. I mean, I tell that to my realtors and people at Sea Houses all the time. Tell them, I want the truth. I'm not here to be you know, propped up and make myself feel good about my project. I want to help my house sell. So tell me what you really think. Yes. So absolutely. yeah. Well, in order for you listeners to get this fantastic many page download, go to hardhatholly.com forward slash 47. That's hardhatholly.com forward slash 47 and you'll be able to download Dr. Janet's beautiful handout with tips and pictures and make your home that you're living in and or the home that you're selling so much better. So with that, thank you again, Dr. Janet. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank you for your time and we appreciate having you. Bye-bye. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.